0: Hi, my name is Jillian. I play November the Stitch, and it's good to be here. Hi, I'm Eli. I play Clara the Mechanic, and it's good to be here.
1: Hello, I'm Jordan. I play Leo the Scoundrel, and it's good to be here.
2: Hi, I'm Jory. I play Shayna the Pilot, and it's good to be here.
3: Hi, I'm Jesse. I'm the GM, and it is good to be here. Welcome to Many Realms. Maybe this one could just be a normal one as a treat.
4: chair this meeting captain although of course i'm not really in a chair as much as sitting on the table which is more comfortable for me but i hope you appreciate the sentiment
2: yeah uh of course um i'm sorry we don't have that uh velvet cradle for you yet well we'll Maybe after this one.
4: I'm sure, I'm sure it must just be on back order. I've got I've got a Google alert out for it.
3: In the lounge of the Houndstooth, Quincy has operated a little projector and has a presentation that he's made to accompany this meeting with the
4: ship. Let's start by summarizing the relevant data points. As we know, the man known as Dr. Shakespeare has offered to surgically intervene on Leo's failing implants in exchange for Leo resuming his cleaning work for Quayama Solutions. This is undoubtedly our best opportunity to get inside Koyama Solutions HQ, and once we're in there, we can access their classified records and find our own way of treating Leo. I'm happy to use my abilities to assist in obtaining this data, but in exchange, Captain Silver, I humbly require that we destroy their AI development department, which is the largest in Procyon sector. Wiping the data is important, but physically impeding the capacity to produce more AI is equally important. We need to take out the entire section of the building. Now, Dr. Seven, as a potential third objective, it's quite likely that the surgical and treatment facilities will be amply stocked with very valuable medical equipment not least of which would be a supply of Viasel to treat Mr. Vance in case it's still needed in the future. It's possible that if you accompany us on this endeavor, you could help assess what equipment is most valuable to at least help the crew turn a profit, or for your own needs. Now, you won't be surprised to learn that security at Koyama Solutions HQ is quite thorough. In my opinion, the easiest way to get anyone through the door will be to allow Leo to pass through the patient intake process. This carries a not insubstantial risk, but once inside, Leo will hopefully be able to help get more of you in to complete our objectives. We do have schematics of the medical facility, but there's little accessible information on the executive floor, which is where the data terminals are likely to be found. Clara, you might wish to avail yourself of the ship's new nexus link and see if there are any other pieces of information that are worth acquiring. I don't have any suggestions in particular of specifics or for getting out of the facility once we've completed our objectives. That seems to be your crew's area of expertise, Captain Silver.
2: We are great at getting out of stuff. We're okay at it. I think. I, well, we've done it every time.
1: Yeah, but not without trauma and stuff, so.
2: Fine. <laughs> I guess.
3: <laughs> the, the presentation slides over to a little final slide that says, thanks for watching and a smiley face. And Quincy says... Do you have any questions
4: about any of the information I've shared with you
2: today? If I remember when we've talked about this the first time, we talked about backing up the data so that the science isn't lost. That was something Clara. Yes. And I'd still like to be able to do that. Um, and I assume it's on the table. So we'll, put, we'll, we'll send you in or we'll send one of us in with a USB key. It's not that, that big, right? I have 16 gigs.
3: I, I've, got, I've got a 16. This one has a couple of movies on it, but I think there's still room.
4: <laughs> well, if there are no other questions, uh, I leave it to you to uh, decide how you want to begin this operation. The projection
3: switches off. Um, Oxana brings everyone a tray of tea and maybe some uh, crumbly dehydrated space cookies. I want to I want to pass it on to you guys and I want to um, ask you to consider a few things thinking about some of like the character stuff we've talked about. what does your character want out of this? How do these characters how do their wants like coincide or differ from the rest of the crew? You know, Quincy's been, a few objectives here. Take your time and, and think about how your character uh, feels in the situation and like what this operation could mean to them, because it's a very uh risky one it's potentially a very valuable one and it's also of course a very emotionally charged one
0: for clara's part i do want to check this nexus link and see if there's anything more valuable because like yes i am attached to leo and (laughs) i do feel like there is um a moral obligation to these ai and that is very important clara but also like I got a family to feed, so I would love to uh, also get some money. And uh, yeah, that's important to Clara.
3: Is that something you would uh, want to like pitch as like a group thing or as like a side hustle?
0: No, no, it's a group thing. But Clara, I think, is coming into this meeting being like, we're not just trying to get medicine, though, and wipe this AI database.
2: Like, we are trying to profit off of this, right? Theoretically, if we're taking all of their information about their AI, we could sell that to the highest bidder.
1: Well, um, I feel like old Quincy would hate that. Please don't do that. Again, <laughs> I'm,
0: I, I'm all for... Clara is here for open sourcing this AI code or whatever a Quincy agrees with. So it's not really like a, an avenue for profit to Clara.
4: I, I'm into no sourcing it, to be clear.
0: Okay, we'll talk.
1: But again, there's all kinds of... Tech medicine. I mean, ultimately, don't we want to do as much damage as we can anyway? We're going to Amazon headquarters,
5: yeah, to get you fixed, yeah.
1: But I mean, like, they could be packing like PS5s and we can just take (laughs) some PS5s and sell those. They have the exclusive Luna Squad
3: PS5 in there, (gasps) it's unreleased. Yeah, there's only a hundred. If we get all a hundred,
0: cute as the Animal Crossing Switch, though, cuter, cuter. (gasps) Okay, well, it sounds like nobody is. Opposed to Clara ransacking the place with impunity.
5: I, I I don't particularly like that much. We I don't I don't think we should be doing anything that's gonna compromise uh, getting Leo the the treatment that he needs. He's
0: an integral part of the team. Like we're doing this for him, right? Yes, but it doesn't mean we're only doing it for him. We are all risking our lives for Leo. And while I'm on board for that, I'm also not trying to waste time out here in Iraq in the middle of space so that my siblings just go hungry. Yeah,
1: well, he is right here, guys. So, uh, you know, I, <laughs> uh, speaking for myself, I, I, to me, I think the more damage that we can do to something like Koyama using all of our specialities um the better uh and at the end of the day uh i'm happy if we come out on top in any way so we're promising via cell but you know I, i don't know if we'll find anything that's gonna be able to help me anyway so we may as well not put all of our eggs in one basket
0: clara smugly says thanks leo and then starts typing
1: i'm not saying and he just trails off
0: yeah clara is um agrees with Quincy not to, like, sell AI, however, not opposed to selling this potential cure to, like, the mendicants and saying, Mm. hey, like, make this cure free for people to give us money for. It's kind
1: of tough because I feel like being um, kind of all, like, a a, a wounded animal is kind of part of Leo's sex appeal, so it's kind of (laughs) tough to... (laughs) It's kind of tough. Like, does he want to get cured? You know, like,
2: <laughs> sexy horse. I can't get cured, life. or else I'll be less hot. It's tough. You know, I guess I'll have it's to like, die. It's like, it's
1: like walking guess with a die. slight limp, you know, but like not so much of a limp that, like, you know, it's 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 like he's like, you know, <laughs> do we know? I don't know if we know do about we that. Know? It's just there's something about the wanting to take care of. You know, he wants to get cured.
2: Well, we can we can get you the cure and you can decide then.
1: Yeah, I'll just. Yeah, well, let's go through the trouble of getting the cure and then I'll get the dialogue options and I'll kind of get the laundry list of who will remember, like who will get positive and who will get negative uh, on my choice.
3: (laughs) What what do we see as like kind of the entry point here? Obviously, Leo's got a bit of a buy in because he's been invited to undergo a medical procedure. Um, What about the rest of you?
2: What do we know about the space?
3: Uh, so this is this is Koyama HQ and the medical facility, which is like bigger than some of the the entire hospitals you've seen on like outer worlds is only one wing of this kind of sprawling complex. I, I want to encourage you guys to like come up with interesting like narratively interesting ideas and then we can find a way to like. Uh, to bring them about so like what is a fun or cool or neat way to think about how the gang could get in
5: i mean i did literally take a move like several episodes back that wearing my like uniform makes me welcome anywhere even in dangerous places um so as long as i'm offering to like help people (laughs) and use my doctor skills um it's not sus
3: I also want to hear from you what you think about November going to a hospital.
5: Well, let's be real. My baby's traumatized. They're paranoid. Trauma baby. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's like, it's just like the, the, like, as soon as the smell hits you, then you're like right back in it. So not good. I mean, I think the the one positive is like there is equipment and supplies here. Like, there's no need to improvise. You just have what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, working in a hospital setting kind of just activates that like automatic like just do it, just like push through it, um, even even though the like stress is you know up to up to the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I mean, especially if like this is a place with high hegemony presence, like I think that's the thing that really has November paranoid overall. Like cause that was the that was the scary part of stealing the floor was that it was just like we are surrounded by like security and like you know all this like authority and guns and whatever and like we're constantly being watched, we're constantly being followed, we're constantly on the run. Like that's the feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they, they cannot
2: calm down.
3: For sure. Any other thoughts on, on getting in?
2: The hiding in the cart that November walks in. It's a bit on par with hiding in a potted plant for me, but we can make it work.
0: I like that one. I don't know. If we feel it's a bit too goofy, but for me, it's not. I want it.
3: There's lots of things that are big enough to hide, like, a person. I mean... They're probably like transport chambers. I bet they have like a morgue.
0: Um, yeah,
3: that would have. Oh, like-
0: are we dead? As as dead bodies. This is in
2: character. Clara is like, yes. How does November feel about that? Because I can't imagine you feel good about seeing the people you're trying to protect in body. That's true. I did tell you that was a literal nightmare that I had. Yeah, you did tell me that. Mm -hmm. Clara,
0: having not heard of this literal nightmare that November had, is going to uh, push a little and say, yes, put us in the body bags.
5: Uh, Well, well, are you sure about that? It's really you can't you can't move muscle or anything.
0: Clara says, I don't know about Shayna, although soldier bunks are pretty small. But when you grow up poor, you're not exactly claustrophobic when you go to bed.
2: I've had another dumb bad thought. And please, please stop me. And it is the Romeo and Juliet poison.
0: Ah! <laughs> like sedate us.
2: If they're, if we're worried about if we're worried about them catching us like moving, is there a short term version of the Romeo and Juliet poison?
5: Well, theoretically, it's certainly possible there's a whole host of side effects. It could last longer than we want it to or not long enough. If, uh, you know, if something were to happen, I'd be worried about your heart and we'd have to carry extra like adrenaline or something just to get you back up. And that's a lot of stress on the nervous system going up and down like that, um, especially if we're about to go into a high stakes uh, mission. So, I mean, I, I would have to caution everyone uh,
2: against this. I can hold my breath for a pretty long time. I think we're OK. Claire goes.
1: <laughs> I think Leo also like will pipe in saying. <laughs> I think this is all a little bit too much, guys. I mean, I can't ask you to uh, first fake risk your lives and then really risk your lives. Uh, I don't know about that.
2: You risk your life
0: for us once a week. Yeah, (laughs) Clara says you put some profit in
2: it and it's just what we do all the time. So we're trying to get some people into like, the area of Koyama where the AI is and some into the medical area. So those are not going to be in the same part of the building. If we're going to do morgue plan, I think that's a great step to getting into that space, but not into space two.
3: A few things to consider. Um, Obviously, though, there are uh, there are ways to conduct yourself between wings of the building, um, and most of them require clearance. Uh, Koyama uses a tiered access card system, so it might be about finding someone with the right level of access and or hacking any of the machines inside, although Koyama tech is going to be pretty, pretty beefy. Um, the other thing to consider is that uh, if Leo is going to get in by voluntarily agreeing to be a part of this procedure, he is going to be. He's not going to have his gear on him. He's not going to have his clothes on him, um, to to get him uh, where he needs to go and to get him out. One or more of you is going to need to be a part of that, unless you want him to like action movie in a hospital gown kill a thousand I mean, people, <laughs> which could
1: be great too. If they, it, if it's like, I do have all these augmentations and stuff. So I mean. Yes, it's not a good situation, but it's also not like entirely off the table, I think. It's like it's not like Leo's not kitted to be able to deal with that if I don't have like blasters and stuff. It's just obviously like a greater risk and a big thing to to consider. But it's not like a mm-hmm. off the table, you know, type of thing.
0: Well, Clara thinks that you should keep your primary care physician close by either way. That being November? Yes.
1: No, I think that she means a uh, primary and care for sin.
0: it's a podcast you have to say what you're doing <laughs> bringing out the gun show one arm at a time
3: <laughs> yeah uh, true all very true I guess ultimately captain's call also in terms of, like that that if that's like that angle then like how we get through to the rest of the Koyama Solutions building could be maybe uh, Clara's like goal with the Nexus link hacking mm-hmm. and that, that gives her some definition there
0: Okay, yeah, so maybe Clara says something like, all right, all I need is a base-level key card. The Nexus Link can do the res.
3: So Clara's going to find a way to, I guess, clone high-level data uh, onto a uh, base-level Koyama keycard, uh, and that's going to happen after we've gotten someone from the medical wing, and that's going to happen after we've gone to the morgue?
2: Yes.
1: This is foolproof.
2: Yep.
3: Yeah, this one's pretty much like slam dunk. Got it. Should we just roll to for like the whole mission, just like the one, just the one. Well, (laughs) I don't. I think
2: Jordan should do that.
3: (laughs) Okay. Then I think before we jump in, the the rolls that are happening here are um, November is probably going to need to make a doctor roll to uh, put her teammates into a medically induced coma. A very short one. Just a little fun baby one. And uh, Clara is going to have to roll um, probably study to use the Nexus link and uh, get the info she needs to uh, clone this key card.
0: Yeah, I just filled out my third thing in study.
3: Nice. Keep your grades up.
0: (laughs) Uh, Can I
5: spend a gambit so I don't fuck up your nervous system? Gladly.
3: Always so dramatic.
5: Okay, if we count floor rolls, one on the table is a six. The one on the floor is also a six.
3: Shit. Double six. Yeah.
5: We come out okay. of this coma better. Yeah. <laughs> More rested than you felt in your whole entire life. Yeah.
3: So let's let's get Clara's roll for the um for the studying, and then I kind of want like a beat of of these two going under.
0: Just to be safe, can I get an assist? Yeah,
3: sure. And you, I assume you're bringing, you're like smuggling Quincy in your jeans or whatever.
0: Yes. That's a four. That's a three. That's a two. That's a six.
3: (laughs) Whoa. You really, uh, you really make us work for it. (laughs) Yeah, for real.
0: We can't all be Jordan.
3: No, we can't. (laughs) Okay. The scene is in the Houndstooth Med Bay. Clara and Shayna are sitting on the examination tables November. Uh, Leo is cagey, kind of hunched in the corner, his arms crossed. Oksana is watching from the doorway holding Jeeves. And uh, Clara is fiddling with the hat gun, having just prototyped a feature with uh, a limited single set of data. So if she finds a blank Koyama or any kind of Koyama tier uh, card, she can insert it into a little slot on the hack gun, kind of rezap it, and then it will function as high tier. And she's just proudly finished this uh, this new prototype function.
5: All right. When well, you feel this stuff wearing off, a don't panic. Two, don't move. Listen, and make sure that you're like safe. That you're like in the spot where we're supposed to be. Clara, Shayna will get you through this with her
2: training. Right, Shayna? Yes, I haven't done anything quite like this before, but I, I do know how to uh, do a do a stealth mission. Sounds like, oh, I'll be guiding you through this.
3: I think the last Shayna-Clara mission uh, was when Shayna got killed by a s- trash garbage squid. <laughs> so that was famously good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's going to be almost no squids, probably. Don't say that out loud. Because then Jesse will come up with a reason to have a squid. Anything is possible at Flying Rhino Jr. house.
0: <laughs> Any final questions, comments, or complaints? Claire says, you should give me a lot of this stuff. Because I feel like I'm going to actually be like pretty heavyweight with it. I'm just going to wake right up. <laughs> Anything for you, darling.
1: Hey, guys. I appreciate this, and I appreciate you. Just be careful, okay? This is uh, this is a big job for us.
2: You be careful, too. Good luck, Leo.
1: November does their
3: work with the syringe, and I think probably within, on the inside of five minutes, the two of them start to relax and lay down on the uh, examination beds in the med bay. Clara is hanging on to Jeeves as she slowly falls asleep. And then as her hands kind of eventually slip off and fall to her sides, uh, Ox steps in and grabs Jeeves to keep him safe. And with a pointed look at you, Leo, and you, November, uh, Ox excuses herself to prepare for the mission and leaves you a moment alone in the medbay.
5: November just kind of watches it happen and, like, is just kind of standing there a little bit frozen, like, staring at the two of them. She knows they're not dead, but it still kind of feels bad. (laughs)
1: Thanks for doing this.
5: Yeah, and I remember Snaps out of staring and gives Leo, like, a very serious look. You know I'd do anything, right?
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Doesn't this seem like a bit much, though?
5: I don't know. In some ways, it feels like it's still not enough.
1: I guess that, yeah, he's just kind of looking at the two of them now similar to what you just snapped out of uh, like if he's so concerned about you know this going awry the, like i said the like kind of foreboding nature of like seeing in essence these two people that he really doesn't want getting mixed up in his stuff emulating death uh it's like he can't help but you know uh transport his mind from inside of the med bay of our ship to you know wherever they're respectively would be buried and then, you know, hearkening back to the adventures that we've gone on, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, thinks of Clara's, you know, family and all that. And and it just seems like a lot for someone who, you know, is, is alone. Mm
0: -hmm.
5: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, she notices you staring off and just like, you know, puts a hand on your face just to be like, Look at me, <laughs> not at them. We're going to get through this.
1: Yeah, you know, if, uh, one way or another, we always seem to come out to the other side, so why should this time be any different, right? Right. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to get ready.
3: Leo walks out of the med bay November and you look back at your two other crewmates lying with uncanny stillness on the beds before you. Uh, we will cut to Leo having gotten ready uh, in Dr. Shakespeare's office in the medical facility in Koyama headquarters. Leo, I can't imagine you've been to Warren in a number of years. And unlike any of the other planets or moons that you visit in Perseon sector regularly even the more developed and built up ones the entire surface of this moon is one sprawling city and it it shoots out from the surface of the planet in dizzying skyscrapers and towers that are hundreds of stories high. This this whole planet has been developed and built upon and overbuilt to within an absolute inch of its life. And it's very hard to shake the feeling as you walk about on the surface on your own feet, like you are the smallest, most insignificant shadow of an ant. the The sheer scale and sprawl of everything is completely mesmerizing. Of course, you maybe have been here before perhaps lots in your past, so there's definitely an element that could be familiar to you. Regardless of how you feel about being back on Warren, uh, it's a short trip from the spaceport to the Koyama headquarters, and from there to a meeting with Dr. Shakespeare. You are thoroughly scanned and uh, analyzed through every major doorway. Um, by some pretty burly looking front door security before you're able to be brought in and taken to Dr. Shakespeare, but once you are, uh, the inside of the medical research facility here at Koyama headquarters is hospital-y, a soothing pastel blue. Uh, The walls are gently curved at the corners instead of having sharp edges to make things feel a little soft and more gentle. Dr. Shakespeare, uh, as you can imagine, has an office that is primarily full of physical books. He's a big uh, pen and paper nerd. He doesn't like the digital interfaces. And he looks up at you with a soft smile and he says, Leo Vance, I'm so glad you're able to join me today. Please have a seat. Uh, It's good to be here, Doc. I sit down. Dr. Shakespeare says, well, how are you feeling? How is your arm?
1: Uh, right now it's okay. It's got a fresh dose of the Vyacel, but, um, seems like I need it more and more often. Otherwise I wouldn't be
3: here. Would you mind telling me in the, in the strictest confidence, who told you to treat it with Viacel or who is treating you?
1: My doctor's name is November Seven.
3: All right. And how long have you been taking the Viacel? Uh, a few months. Well, Leo, in hopes that you would agree to rejoin your position at Koyama Solutions, I have been doing some research into what options there are available to us to restore functionality in your arm to its previous condition, or potentially to upgrade it. Long story short, It's not going to be easy. Your system was never designed to be majorly replaced or repaired, but if we want to bring you in line with the rest of the project, that's exactly what we'll have to do. So we'll be looking at a a long procedure and a long recovery time, probably across the span of weeks. He pulls up a uh, an actual Manila folder full of documents. So he starts spreading out in front of you. I don't know that Leo has much patience or interest in like medical jargon that's been expressed in the past, um, but Doctor Shakespeare seems pretty excited to tell you all about what it's actually going to require to um, to remove and reroute major chunks of the circuitry that line the musculature of your arm. It's it's fine, precise work, and it's actually going to be done by Dr. Shakespeare himself.
1: I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You could die. What's the likelihood of that?
3: Very unlikely, Leo. And of course, I will do absolutely everything in my power to ensure that doesn't happen, but I would be lying if I told you that it was an impossibility.
1: And why would I trust you in this? I don't mean to insult you, it's just that you came out of nowhere telling me that Koyama wanted my head, and now all of a sudden I'm being offered out of the blue, seemingly to get my old job back and to be better than I was before. It's uh, you're gonna have me unconscious, yes. I have no idea what could happen between then when I wake up. That's
3: very understandable. You are in a a completely unfair and uncomfortable position, and I assure you, Leo, that I wish your circumstances were more favorable. What else can I say besides that I hope that you are willing to trust me, or at the very least that you trust me more than the alternative which is to let Koyama sick themselves on you?
1: Okay, Doc, let's give it a shot, I guess. And he's giving me the option of upgrading or removing it entirely?
3: Um, His recommendation is is oh removing is not an option um his recommendation would be like upgrading or basically like i would say deactivating which is like removing except there's like a chance that there could still be um, elements of like decay over time but it's so embedded in every part of your arm that removing would be like nearly impossible
1: you know what he's been troubled by this for so long uh, I think that he's just going to defer to his opinion. Perhaps it's a moment of weakness for Leo. Um, the the carrot on the stick, as it were, is a little too enticing for him. That despite some rationale as to you know uh, an understandable hesitancy to agree to this, he is going to move forward anyway because the prospect of being cured and if it's an upgrade almost in essence gaining back some of his youth that was lost to this sickness um by virtue of you know (laughs) that upgrade i I think that he nods an affirmation and says let's let's get it done
3: there's a a wall clock in dr shakespeare's office that is um a kitty cat whose tail pendulum swings with each tick uh as you as you voice your agreement um there's a a moment of pause where all you can hear is like this clock ticking and maybe the sound of like paper bound in books of material with which you're entirely unfamiliar rustling and sighing on these heavy wooden shelves dr shakespeare slides another folder over to you and there is a spark of of um maybe a little too much excitement in his eye as he outlines what the V2 upgrades look like, you can tell that this is a man who is very passionate about his work and also passionate about the kinds of weapons he can make out of people like you. Um, he details like increased grip strength, better reaction time. There's even implants that can uh, connect wirelessly with uh, cranial implants for improved aiming abilities. There's all kinds of things that V2 can offer you, and he's really thrilled that you're down to uh, try that and see where it can go. Not all of them might work with your your circuitry, but you are kind of a unique animal, Leo, and uh, one that Dr. Shakespeare seems to admire and respect, but also be quite happy to study.
1: Okay. I mean, he's going to put me under, right?
3: He uh, actually is going to prep himself, and um, he... Taps a little button, a small concession to the digital age in which he finds himself on his desk, and a nurse uh, enters the room. She says, Okay, Mr. Vance, if you're all ready, would you please like to follow me? I follow. The nurse leads you to a prep chamber. Um, it looks like a, a tinier closet-based version of the med bay uh, of the houndstooth. There is a locker. She instructs you to take off all your clothes, and any gear and change into a hospital gown uh, and recline on a bed here. She says, um, "Okay, so your surgery is scheduled for two hours from now. The first thing I'm going to do is just uh, clean the arm and then we're going to temporarily anesthetize the entire arm. So uh, if you want to just hold still here. She injects you in your bicep and uh, you feel a cool tingle start to spread down your arm. Um, She says it will feel a little bit uncomfortable, and I apologize for that. Um, But if it does hurt at all, it shouldn't hurt. So if you do feel any uh, sharp or sensitive pain, please just press the button here and we'll come and check you out. Um, I'm going to ask you to wait in this room for one hour until the process is complete and your arm should be just completely numb at the end. And after that, we will get you ready. Hmm. Uh, oh, we have a screen here I can put on. Do you like Block? We can put on an episode of Block.
1: Uh, I'd blocking. say the episode that we were in. I want to look for myself. Oh, yeah.
3: Okay. Um, she puts on the episode uh, Desert Danger. <laughs> season 12, <laughs> episode four of Block. And um, you you lay back on this on this hospital bed. She points out where the, the button is to summon a nurse. And she leaves. You can hear that... Um, After she shuts the door behind you, a soft click as it locks. Meanwhile, in a large unmarked black steel hover van, uh, driving down the downtown streets of Warren, Oksana grips the steering wheel so hard that her knuckles turn white. In the passenger seat, November, uh, you see Oksana shoot you a dirty look and say, do you think they're still okay back there? I haven't heard anything.
5: That is the drug working as intended.
3: Right, right. Do you have everything you need? We're almost here.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Look, I don't like it either.
3: We... You're... I'm sorry. You're willing to do all of this for Leo? Yes. Is that... vice? Is it the right thing to do?
5: Well, it feels right.
3: Uh, a sweeping cab uh, juts in front of you, and Ox lays on the horn and says, God fucking damn it! Sorry. It it does not feel right to me, November.
5: I, I'm doing the best I can.
3: I know. I don't like situations where the captain is not in control. You know, she brings out the, the best in you, in all of you.
5: Well, it feels like lately everything, everyone has less and less control and it's all just a bit of a mess.
3: I think that's just the way of things. I don't know if there is such a thing as control.
5: Maybe that's why I made this decision. You know, just give up control for a minute and hopefully it comes back stronger
3: it's very brave to let your hands go she lifts her hands off the steering wheel for half a second and then grabs it again it's scary
5: please don't do that again
3: she smirks (laughs) you know where there is control november me behind the wheel of a truck i know what i'm doing
0: (laughs) fucking baller this is true
3: (laughs) She pulls into a uh, a long kind of semi-circle drop-off driveway thing uh, at the base of the Koyama headquarters. She says, You know, it's not a hospital. It's medical research. It's different. They don't care about people the same way you do. Keep that in mind.
5: Yeah, try not to think about it too hard.
3: Okay. It's your show. Good luck. Thank you. November, outside in this uh, drop-off, there is a large double door and a bored-looking uh, guard standing in front of it. From the back of this van, uh, you swing open the doors and two gurneys slide out. The guy says, need a hand there?
5: Uh, no, thank you. I got it.
3: Okay, uh, let me just check what department are these for?
5: Stem cells.
3: Stem cells? Okay. So I think we have room for them in Morgue 2. You want to start there, okay?
5: Excellent. Thank you very much.
3: Just sign this. All right. What's your driver still here for? He looks over at the van, and then Oksana, uh, you can see through the cab, blanches, and then screeches on the pedals and gets the (laughs) fuck out of the driveway. What's up with her?
5: New, New to driving the death buggy.
3: The death buggy? What the fuck's wrong with you? All right. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the death buggy. You hear him say as you like bright red. He pushed the in through the doors. Um, inside the medical facility of Koyama headquarters, uh, as Leo has learned, is soft blue and rounded. There's lots of clear signage everywhere in November. You're no stranger to this kind of environment. So finding Morgue 2 is a snap. On these gurneys, there are these sort of um, rigid, plastic, kind of roughly hexagonal transport chambers. And inside, you know that the bodies of your crewmates are being gently, if not uh, uncomfortably, pressed in on all sides by expanding foam that keeps their bodies from moving during transport. Not great for oxygen supply, so it's best you move quickly. Uh, inside Morgue 2, there's uh, clearly like a sort of landing zone for these gurneys to be uh, prepped and the bodies to be moved to various uh, sliding storage drawers. But there's also a technician in there who is short with sandy brown hair and super thick glasses. Um, she is, looks like to be very busy and clearly doing an involved process on a cadaver that slid out from the wall. She doesn't look like she's going anywhere anytime soon. What do you do?
2: Well'll make a technician leave a room fire Give her so much water and then she'll need to pee
3: Zombies use your zombie magic mm-hmm. that you've had since episode one.
2: I actually do
5: love the water thing um if if she's if she's like busy and will kind of let me like do my thing, I think it would be really funny to just like, you know, like walking back and forth and like fiddling and just like constantly like refilling like a glass and just like setting it back on the desk so she doesn't actually know how much she's had
3: to make her pee
5: yeah to have to leave the room to go pee oh
3: my god what kind of piss (laughs) shenanigans
2: are you not pro piss shenanigans
3: (laughs) i usually am and i'm i'm shocked when it comes from one of you guys (laughs)
2: <laughs> I need you
3: to roll to make this Dr. P uh, and I, I can't believe this is the first time I've said that on this podcast because it feels like it's on the tip of my lips every single episode I think this is more like a mental <laughs> trick to me this is like um, consort or sway because you're sort of like psychologically <laughs> inducing this person to drink water
5: yeah, that's fine. I'm gonna roll my doctor rating anyway. Okay. I feel like this is how I don't know. November and her friends used to like sneak into the restricted section of the <laughs> library. Or you made
3: people pee. This isn't the first time you've made someone pissy piss so you can get where you want to go. <laughs>
5: Canonically. Are
3: you, sh- are you? I'm asking you now, here and now. Is this the direction you want to take your character for this <laughs> list campaign?
5: <laughs> Making somebody like drink a lot of water really is like one of the least like. So not anything.
3: No, okay.
5: I don't want to. I don't want to be involved beyond giving the what. Like, it's least just like.
0: I need you to leave the room. Your lips look a little chapped. Stay hydrated, babe. Yeah, I'm doing her a favor. Yeah. It's dry in here.
3: <laughs> Y'all freaks. Let's do it. Five. Okay. All right. I think this is a long con. <laughs> you know. This is going to take a few minutes and the drugs that you very carefully concocted and gave to your crewmates are starting to wear off. And so I think that what happens is by the time the uh, the technician in here checks her holly, sees the time and decides to take a short break and go on a lap, perhaps with a shooting glance back at you as to why you're just like in here marching around mm-hmm. constantly, you can uh, hear the sounds of uncomfortable shifting and uh rattling in these two containers on the mm-hmm. uh gurneys next to you which is not supposed to be happening now
5: did she leave the room can i deal with it
3: yeah, yeah yeah she's left
5: okay then it's like immediately like open the box like they need to breathe
3: i'm just gonna do a fortune roll here which is a thing i can do in this game that i never do because tell us about it it's just like it, it, it's so it's not even it's like a barely it's like a very soft mechanic it's like if there's something where you want to decide something randomly you can make a fortune roll um and so what I'm trying to decide is I think on a five one but not both of them has suffered from being in this uh coffin too long and I'm gonna see who it is odds is Clara evens is Shayna oh that's evens Shayna uh you are going to wake up with a uh a level two harm, which is called uh, Lightly Suffocated. It, it is not like so permanent. It'll probably wear off within the next hour. But until it wears off, you're going to take that penalty. Uh, November, you pull open this this container and uh, Shayna's face is white as a sheet and her lips are like dry and cracking a little bit. Um, and she just takes this big coughing spluttering gasp of air uh the the foam has left like marks pressed into her face like it was shut a little too tight maybe you can find her size coffin uh clara
0: um question so if it's gonna go away in about an hour does jory need to clear it later or
3: is it just gonna go away jory won't need to clear it later
2: cool um may i please resist
3: sure uh, this would be a prowess resist.
2: Cool. Six.
3: Okay, shit. Yeah. Uh, I think you actually, on a six, a six you're going to take no stress. Rad. Shayna, you sit up and you, um, <laughs> you just like maybe grab the edge of this table and you're like, I just need a second. I'm fine.
0: Precisely. <laughs> I'm tough. Shayna really made her own extra oxygen.
3: You can see there's like chew marks on the foam where where (laughs) Shayna gave herself some more space.
5: That's gross, actually.
3: What? Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Piss queen. (laughs) Clara, I honestly think as like a kid, you had like ample room in your thing. Um, And so you woke up feeling okay. I mean, the foam still like expands to fit, but not with as much pressure. And you have room for like Quincy to sit on top of your head uh yeah you've got you know not super long before this uh technician comes back what's the vibe november as you open up these these transports uh
5: it's very like up and at them let's go water
2: oh please (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) if there's one thing i do have
5: (laughs) yeah we've got like two minutes so uh sort yourself out What did we need? Like, some kind of key card? Exactly. Yes. I mean, the technician will be back shortly uh, if you wanted to, like, snag it on our way back in.
2: Um, But I've got to get all this cleaned up and out of here. If we walk towards the restroom, we'll walk by her. Can um, our sticky-fingered mechanic maybe snag it? Well... I mean, first, like, what's
0: the vibe in this medical facility? Is it like everyone has uniforms and we're going to walk out and they're going to be like, who the fuck are you? Or are like people walking around in their civvies? Surely there are like
5: lab coats in this room. Mm.
3: <laughs> it's not like there's it's it's as Jillian says, mostly lab coats, not like there's full uniforms, but also just walking around looking like a clueless civilian will get you clocked pretty quick.
2: I'm still 16.
3: Yeah, that's true. You're you're trying to do houser your way about this one. <laughs>
2: Okay. Is there a spare hospital gown? Probably on a corpse. So maybe not. I don't know how we feel about that. I'm okay.
1: It's Uh, it's up to Jesse. Jesse has to put them somewhere else. If they're only on the corpse, you got to take them off the corpse.
2: That's true.
3: (laughs) That's such an unhealthy framing. (laughs) 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 I mean, they could just be hanging
1: there on the wall. Jesse, are
2: you making us rob a corpse? (laughs) <laughs> Jesse, if you say nothing, we have to rob this corpse.
3: <laughs> yeah, fuck you. There's only hospital gowns on corpses. Get into it. You don't. You think you you think you know my limits, but you don't. I just let us do a piss thing for 20 minutes. We're good. Let's go. Let's roll. Guns blazing. You gonna rob this corpse, Shayna? Huh?
2: Huh? I just think that maybe if we're worried, you could pass as a patient. That's all. Yeah, no, I think that's a better idea. Okay. At least we could get a hospital gown for Clara, and I can be, like, your um, handler or something. Yes. Sounds good.
3: Clara, the gown is ice cold to the touch. It's been in that drawer for a while.
2: <laughs>
3: and are you waiting to see the technician come back? You moving out of here? My
2: thought was if we could try and just, like, walk by her and, like, because Clara is a pickpocket. Use them use them skills. Fine by me.
3: Okay. Then it's time to head out from the morgue. I think, uh, Clara, you're going to need to roll Skulk if you want to pick this pocket of this returning technician. And, uh, November, you are trying to find some medical supplies to grab. I have a feeling that you will need, like, access to get into wherever these this, like, high value stuff is kept. Are you going to try to, like, bluff your way in or find a card yourself or what's up?
5: The three of us stay together until I also have a card key?
0: Sure, yeah. So, are we stealing two key cards or are we just like beeping you into the lab? Um, yeah, I think it'd be good to have two. Okay,
3: yeah, Clara, make a make a skull girl. You pop out of the morgue and start heading towards the bathroom, and you can see rounding the corner is that uh, technician looking very hydrated.
0: Clara will push. That's a three. That's all? It's a lot of threes.
3: Okay. Eh, it's clock time, baby. clock time. This is definitely an eight-part clock, and it's called um, Hospital Alarm.
5: How many segments
0: are filled up?
3: Uh, on that total fail.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
3: Two. Clara, I think it's obvious that... Um, You are trying to keep a brave face, but your legs are still a little wobbly underneath your feet as you step out of the morgue on account of the, you know, coma you were just in for like two and a half hours. It'll do it. And I think you are uh, walking Shana, putting a protective arm on your shoulder and trying to pass by this woman. And um, she naturally makes like a wide berth around you. And so that makes it even more awkward and obvious when you try to like close the gap and press your hand out. Um, she turns and she wheels and she snatches. This is a total fail. She snatches the card back out of your hand that you uh, were attempting to lift from her jacket. And she says to you, Shayna, assuming you're in control of the situation, she says, hold on, stop.
2: I'm sorry. She uh, has a bit of a kleptomaniac streak. We're working on it with... Dr. Seven, right?
0: Mm, I think I'm gonna try to turn on you a little to give you credibility,
2: and I'll, like, spit at your feet and be like, don't label me, bitch. I sigh, and I say, teenagers.
3: (laughs) That's great. What are you doing down in the morgue bay? We're dead bodies. (laughs) She, uh... (laughs) We are ghosts. Um,
2: I lower my voice, and I say... She, she is out of surgery and was in a terrible accident and she was identifying uh, family members. You
3: brought a, a, a recent patient down here to identify her family members?
2: There's no one else. These are delicate situations. She already has a host of issues with the kleptomania.
3: <laughs> yeah, the kleptomania was already bad and her whole family dying in an accident didn't help. That's
2: correct. Exactly. And that's the situation. So like a little bit of uh, a little bit of delicacy, please.
3: Tell your super that she obviously needs complete bed rest and full supervision. And if it's that urgent, you can look at the census records. This is ridiculous.
2: I'll report back.
3: Her eyes flick back over to you, uh, Clara, and she says, uh, sorry for your loss. And she spins on her heel and uh, keeps walking into the morgue.
0: Clara
2: mutters under her breath. Shit, sorry. She just seemed already on her guard. I'll get the next one. Um, do we have a backup if we can't get a card? No. So we just have to, like, try again, right? Uh, alternatively, could November use her powers to, like, tell somebody they lost their card and be like, can I have a new one?
3: That's an interesting angle. Uh, let's cut back to Leo. Um mm-hmm. This is a a window of one hour during which you're unsupervised in this facility, so it seems like a pretty great opportunity for you to, if nothing else, watch a a Crackerjack episode of Block, but I thought maybe you might have something else going on.
1: Door's locked. Is there a... No. Leo's too big to fit in a vent. Can't do that. That's not... That that classic maneuver won't work. Um, Only Clara's vent-sized. I mean, I'm assuming there's nothing really notable in the surrounding area of this room, that it's just... You know, medical stuff, surgery stuff, no documentation that is worth looking through, I'd imagine. Um, Is there something for me like a patient thing maybe that might have some information? Like what they have me listed as, some kind of detail as the operation? Again, I don't know if this information would be in the room, though.
3: There's There's a clipboard in a plastic folder that's attached to the wall next to the door. Looking at it, I mean, there's not a ton you don't already know. It, for what it's worth, does seem to legitimately state that they're going to attempt to repair and enhance your arm there's also a note that you see uh uh towards the end that talks about the patient being a potential uh security risk
1: damn right does it say anything about my scrap level or is that still unknown
3: there's like um someone maybe dr shakespeare has drawn like a sketch of you flexing and someone is like three scrap in the corner
1: nice I'm not going to try and leave the room because I, I, I'm i assuming that there's just going to be people around the other side. I'm just going to have to be like, oh, I, uh, I have to do something. Oh, I could just have to piss. We can make it a piss episode.
0: No, don't call it a
2: piss <laughs> This is the piss one.
1: I could be like, oh, I got to pee. Uh, I guess for now, I'm too enamored by the the allure of being cured. Um, that I don't really want to set that awry, but what I will do is a safeguard for perhaps after I wake up is if there's like anything I can use as a either make or just find in the room as like an improvised weapon that I can like I don't know just rest under me or something like or have it under my pillow something that uh, something like that.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that would definitely be a rig roll.
1: Like I don't have a lot of rig. Well, nobody's good at everything. got a four. Four on that rig roll?
3: Okay. What kind of thing would you see yourself making?
1: Um, Is there like any metal shelving or something? Something like that? Sure. When there's shelving that is just like metal bars that go across that things sit on top of. Okay. Uh, So I think maybe just like taking one of those off, whether it's unscrewing or ripping it off, and then like trying to like haphazardly cover it. It'd probably be blunted. I don't really have too yeah. many options, I think, to fix that. But, I mean, I could try. I could try to file it down a little bit, but it would just be metal against metal. Again. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, what you have is a a slat of steel that is maybe um, quarter inch or half an inch thick and about five or six inches long. Um, the end where you ripped it does have like a bit of a a jagged and roughened edge, not really a point, but not necessarily flat either. Um, as you work, Leo, uh, you can feel the anesthesia traveling down your arm. And I think it's a very, uh, I mean, I wonder what Leo thinks of this, but it's its a feeling that's not dissimilar to the feeling that happens when you lose control of your arm when you're suffering one of your kind of uh, episodes. So um, it maybe is very uncomfortable or, or frightening or stressful to um to have that feeling happen again in slow motion, watching your, your function of yeah, your definitely, arm be taken it's definitely away from um, you.
1: Just traumatic, brings back that uh, the times that that happens. And um, though I think in relative safety in his mind, you know, he's able to kind of filter through, cause it's not, I guess it's not pain. So knowing that he's in that environment uh, and that it's, it's a controlled, um, that there's a direct cause and effect as to why that's happening. I think he just tries to continue what he's doing. Um, and just hoping that this moves along
3: very early, uh, in the, and maybe this is getting a little bit into the weeds, but it, something you just said interests me, which is that very early in the character creation of Leo Vance, you talked a lot about how he dealt with his, um, uh, stress or fear about his illness with like stuff like meditation or other like wellness practices that helped kept him like grounded. Yeah. Is that a part of uh, Leo's like experience at the at the Koyama facility today?
1: Yeah, most definitely. I think after that kind of defense option, the kind of uh, insurance in his mind, or some small amount of insurance, um, I mean, he would have to because he has that. He's having this sensation that is, you know, inevitably linked to bad memories, bad experiences, um, as well as would start to creep into his mind as to. Why did I come back here? Why am I essentially in some ways doing this for karma Why am I trusting this person? And in order to quell those thoughts and hang on to hope, even if it's small about you know this being fixed and perhaps again him being better than before, um, you know, he he probably enters some form of state of meditation or in general just just tries to um um rid himself of those thoughts whether it is like half listening to the tv or watching the tv for one moment and then you know another just trying to like focus on his breathing or you know uh keep keep falling away on this thing even if it's file as much as he can and he knows that he can't really do it much more just to keep his hands occupied and his 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 mind focused on an individual task so it doesn't wander
4: Mm mm-hmm
3: um Okay, Leo, you you attempt to find a a place where you can manage all of the thoughts and worries that are racing around your head. The nurse is going to be back in about 15 minutes. And at that point, you're going to be taken, you know, straight to the operating room and and put under for several hours. So um, what you want to do next will be a big deciding factor for how your day and the rest of this operation goes. But um, if you're just down to fashion yourself a bit of insurance, and then uh, reflect for a moment, we can jump over to November 7th.
5: Mm -hmm. Oh, we were gonna pull the like, I lost my card angle, but also I'm like, not a person who's like in their system. Right. So I feel like as soon as I were to give them it, like my name, it would be like, you don't exist.
2: I'm new here and the company hasn't given me an email yet. It's such a pain. They want to get my payroll set up. I've been here for. <laughs> True. Um, you say it's your first key card. I love to lie and hope for the best.
3: Can we, can I verbally pin a message to the top of this episode? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Whatever, the thing I want to do
5: <laughs> is talk to someone Like, talk to another doctor. Okay. I want to tell them my sob story about it being like me being new and having lost my key card.
3: Let's say November, you wander your way into a cafeteria for the staff of the medical facility here. And um, there are, you know, a good dozen or so doctors spread across a few tables sitting down and poking at um, shitty rehydrated mashed potatoes. And tall, frosty glasses of water. It's potatoes and water today. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Sucks so bad.
5: I feel like I'd want to talk to, like, I don't know, like a pair, like, people who aren't sitting in a group.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I mean, yeah. Tell, you tell me the, about the doctor you find sitting here.
5: Yeah. Maybe it's, like, a doctor and a nurse who are, like, talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the doctor has, like... Brown skin and, and long, wavy hair that's obviously, like, been pinned up um, and out of the way. Yeah, they're just, they're, like, laughing casually. Like, it seems very chill. And um, I remember being an intern <laughs> and that, like, <laughs> awful feeling of doing things wrong all the time. And just really tap into that, you know. Being on this out of block really, like, changed me. Transformed. <laughs> I think I like get a tray like of mashed potatoes um, and I, I just kind of like come up to them looking like a really sad puppy. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I'm so sorry uh, to, to, to mother you, but um, I, I have a problem and I, and I don't know how to tell.
3: Uh, the doctor with the hair pinned up finishes a thoughtful chew of a bite of mashed potatoes and uh, looks you up and down with a not unfriendly expression. She says, um, I'm Dr. Agrawal. Uh, please have a seat. I don't think I've seen you before.
5: Yeah, uh, I haven't been here very long. Um, and and the thing is, that, uh, I lost my key card and I'm terrified that they won't give me a new one because they said don't lose it. But uh, of course I did. I tried hard not to. It's just...
3: That's, unfortunately, that could be a lot of trouble for you with your supervisor. Those key cards are very important. It's a huge security risk to lose one. I'm sure you know that.
5: Of course I do. I, I wouldn't want to compromise the, the security of anything or, or, or anyone. And, you know, I, I really need this job and I've been trying to, <laughs> trying to get this position for so long. I don't just want to, you know, waltz right in here and fuck it right up. But it, it kind of seems like that's what I've done. And uh, I just, how do I get how do I get a new one?
3: Sway roll. Sway roll for sure. Okay. (laughs) She takes a thoughtful sip and she says, the water I have today is so good. Oh my god. (laughs)
5: Uh, I will um, roll my doctor reading because I think that's um, constantly good.
3: Take that stress.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Um.
3: Um, I think on the 5, we're going to add another tick to hospital alarm. We're at 3 out of 8. Dr. Agrawal says... I know. It's tough being new. uh, And the higher-ups here can be pretty vicious. uh, So I'd hate to see anything happen to you. (sighs) Let me finish eating, and then you and I can go take a little walk over to HR and see what we can do.
5: Okay. Thank you.
3: But you did not have this conversation with me and I did not help you, right? Right. What's your name?
5: Uh, November.
3: Okay, November. She finishes her mashed potatoes. She uh, puts the napkin on her plate and she stands. She says, um, let's walk and talk. Uh, out of the cafeteria, heading over to the reception desk, she says, do you remember what kind of clearance you had before you lost your card?
5: I don't know, what are clearance related words? What kind of clearance do I need?
3: They're all colors here.
5: Azure.
3: Azure. Uh <laughs> Dr. Agarwal raises an eyebrow and she says, So blue?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, please. Koyama <laughs> would have, I think, pretentiously colored
3: excess okay, okay, okay. tears. Uh yes, and um she <laughs> says uh okay well i don't think i can get you azure but uh are you gonna need anything above cerulean for today
0: <laughs> why are they all pretentious blue like <laughs> well because now <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> and,
3: i get and- attacked in my own home every day i'll uh
5: i'll i'll make any color work
3: okay um she has uh, brought you over to a desk where a very old, very tired looking receptionist is uh, just painfully slowly punching in codes on a on a Holly monitor. And uh, Dr. Aguawal leans over on her elbows and she says, Maddie, I have a favor to ask. And Maddie goes, I don't want to do anything for you today. <laughs>
2: You didn't file your paperwork, Wazowski.
3: Wazowski. <laughs> I just love, I love, I actually do love, like, an old mean woman and admin. Um, Dr. Agrawal says, uh, this is November. She misplaced, uh, uh, an access card and just has a lot of work to do today. So I know we do need to fill out the form and I'll take a copy of the form for you now. But we are just going to need a, just a short term issue one for today, just so they can get their stuff done. And Maddie says. Uh, Did you get a an access card from me? I don't remember you.
4: Uh,
5: honestly, I've been so stressed and I've had so much coffee that I, I couldn't tell you.
3: huh that's the sound of the uh, hospital alarm clock ticking up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is ah-ha. Uh-huh. Uh. Um, and Dr. Grawal says, Maddie, I know, just cut this shit, and I'll get you another uh, another gift card this week. Just, can we get, like, a cerulean for today? It can be a 24-hour one, and I'll make sure we get the forms done by the end of the day, Okay. Maddie rolls her eyes, a process that takes 35 seconds, and then uh, keys in a long, complicated code into the holly. A big uh, printer next to her starts whirring and shifting, and then after a minute, it spits out a little card of plastic with a distinctly cerulean stripe on the edge. It's not lapis. It's not Perry Winkle, and it's not Ultramarine. <laughs> in fact, I believe it was Eve Saint Laurent. I won't do that.
0: Nice. Uh, yes, give me that whole monologue.
3: I think he just—if you're gonna—if we're gonna bring in Azure and Cerulean Pokemon, <laughs> Azure and Pokemon Cerulean, it's required. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I mean, you know, November that uh, Clara has the ability to clone data onto these cards, so you take it gratefully. And as Dr. Agrawal leads you away from Maddie's desk, she uh, shoves this like long, complicated form into your hands. And she says, please fill this out by the end of the day, or else it's my ass on the line, okay? And remember, you owe me one. I like gift cards, coffee, (laughs) Dr. Agrawal, coffee, gift card. So what did I just say?
5: Yes, ma'am, coffee, gift card.
3: That's right, okay. (laughs) Don't lose this one. I won't. And doctors being oh so busy uh, as they are, she leaves you in this reception room clutching this form and this very handy cerulean-striped uh, Kuyama access
2: card. We did it. Nice.
3: Back in the surgery prep room, Leo, your right arm is now completely numb. We're also going to mark this as a harm um, because you cannot use your arm, so you are going to take a-, a penalty to Roll's related to using your arm, I think that's pretty fair. Like the harm that Shayna would have experienced from the transport, it will be temporary. In this case, once the anesthesia wears off, obviously you'll have use of your arm again. And after that hour, the the nurse reappears to lead you to the surgery room. What's your vibe?
1: Yeah, uh, a million things running through his mind. I guess right now, though, he's actually gained a bit of clarity from trying to (laughs) gain a bit of clarity, funny enough. Uh, and it's just darting his eyes around trying to see pull the curtain back on something see it's almost like he knows it's too good to be true and so he's looking for the seams in the situation he's looking for the 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 true intentions that he thinks are hidden he's looking for you know, someone looking at him shifty-eyed or looking at the floor because, you know, maybe he senses some type of shame of what's about to transpire. But um, the sense I get is that he doesn't, that thus far everything's been, you know, by the book, as it were, and in a you know roundabout way that's also very discomforting and uncomforting because this type of, outside of November, this type of, you know, generosity and this type of, um, I guess good fortune is not something that's come to be the norm with Leo in his more later years in life. So I think he just gives way to to hope, um, despite maybe in a part of him telling him that that's naive. Uh, he harkens back to when he was perhaps a younger man, and um, he allowed himself to hope for things a lot more.
3: In terms of it being too good to be true, I mean, it, the the potential flip side here, of course, is that does Leo want to be back employed at Koyama full time after spending years kind of on the outside and seeing more of the sector and, and living in a different way and, um, you know, bonding to some degree with the crew that he's in? Is that something he's like willing to if this goes well and they just, you know keep you on lock and you never have to want for anything, but you're working again as a Koyama cleaner. What is that? What does that outcome feel like for Leo?
1: I don't think that he's thinking that far ahead, but I also don't think, I think in his mind, he's like, if I get fixed, I mean, I already got away once I could get away again.
3: Okay. Then I think based on everything I've heard so far, the one of the challenges here is that Leo is completely ready to uh, attempt this surgery. The nurse leads him to the operating theater where Dr. Shakespeare is waiting in uh, complete gear, sterile gloves and uh, the little fun cap that they wear to to open up your arm to reroute the very circuitry that led to the chain of events that brought you where you are today. Um, as the uh, attendant puts the mask over your face and you start breathing in the anesthesia, uh, Dr. Shakespeare crosses over to the operating table and he stares down at you, Leo, in a way that's quite quite loving and paternal. Um, you're still awake as he says, I'm going to do everything I can to fix you, Leo. You won't have to worry about anything else ever again.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of Many Realms. Koyama Part 2 will be out in a couple of weeks, but in the meantime, if you'd like, check us out on Twitter or Instagram at the TheRealmsCast, or take a look at the bonus content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash manyrealms, where you can find a ton of bonus content, including the downtimes for this scum and villainy campaign, which are available to anyone for free. Thanks so much and see you next time. Bye.